Hello and welcome to episode 322 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Today's story focuses on a wedding in the south of England. We all love a wedding, don't we? An event that should be an opportunity for family and friends to share in the joy of such a significant day. But today, the wedding ended in tragedy. Let me begin, as always, by saying a huge thank you to all my supporters at Patreon, but especially to the new members of our community. That is Adam Hall and Mick Leonard. No advertisers again this week? Seriously, this podcast is currently about as attractive to advertisers as GB News. Okay, so let's set the context for today's episode. Number one in the UK and US music charts was Uptown Funk from Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. In the Australian album charts, it was Taylor Swift at the top with 1989. The album was at number one in Australia for five weeks this year. In the news this month, 18 people were killed after the Norwegian cargo ship MS Volk Jupiter sank off the coast of Vietnam. Libby Lane was ordained as the first female bishop of the Church of England and about time too. A shocking terrorist attack on the offices of satirical newspaper Charlie Hebdo in Paris killed 12 people and injured 11 others. And in UK true crime news, 19-year-old Lewis Danes who murdered 14-year-old Breck Bednar after meeting him online in February 2014 was sentenced to life in prison. And finally this month, the trial was underway of 70s glam rocker Gary Glitter, real name Paul Gadd. He would later be found guilty of attempted rape, four counts of indecent assault, and one of having sex with a girl under the age of 13 between 1975 and 1980. So did you guess the month and year? It was January 2015. Of course it was. Today's story comes from Guildford, a town in the west of Surrey, about 25 miles southwest of London. I know it best, as many people do, as a place I drive past on the way to the south coast. But as a listener to this podcast, you may well know Guildford as the scene of a terrible story I covered over two episodes. In 1974, the Horse and Groom and Seven Stars pubs in Guildford were frequented by off-duty British Armed Forces and this is why they were targeted by two IRA bombs. These bombs left five people dead and over 65 injured. It was the most horrendous, cowardly attack. Okay, so on to today's story. We see, you and I, we see newspaper reports all the time, unfortunately, about violent deaths. Let me read you this short piece that appeared on the BBC website on the 5th of January 2015. A South London man has been charged with murder after a 46-year-old man died following an attack outside Guildford City Social Club. 32-year-old Matthew Boyd from Plumstead is accused of killing Richard Stroud and also faces two counts of assault. Surrey police were called to Joseph Road on Saturday night after three men were attacked. Mr Stroud from Guildford died in hospital on Sunday. Mr Boyd was remanded in custody by magistrates in Red Hill. He is due to appear at Guildford Crown Court on Tuesday. 
But of course, these reports just stick to the very basic facts and don't tell us the real story about the people involved and what actually happened. So let's do just that in this episode and go back to the 3rd of January 2015 in Surrey. The Guildford City Social Club is a popular venue. It hosts live music, comedy, birthdays and other special events in their private rooms. On the 4th of January 2015, it was to host one of many wedding receptions scheduled for that year and during the morning the team there put together the final preparations for the reception. And all went off really well, spirits were high, a fair amount of alcohol was consumed but as we both know, nothing unusual there for a wedding in the UK. It was just after 10pm that the newly married couple left the reception and they were waved off by all the guests. It was following this that the trouble started. 32-year-old Matthew Boyd was an usher at the wedding, the first he'd ever been to. He went to the wedding with his partner and their son and then on to the reception. During the evening he'd drunk about eight pints and had a good time at the reception as it was full of his friends and family. But once the married couple left the reception, he went to leave with his partner and child, but there was not enough room for him in the taxi. With all the beers on board, Matthew reacted badly to this, and he was in a foul mood when he returned to the reception. As he was coming back in, he saw someone he knew socially, Taylor Josie, who had also been at the reception. Taylor was going the other way, popping out of the social club to smoke a cigarette, when he saw Matthew by the main doors. Taylor went up to him and shook his right hand and said words to the effect of, Sorry for the other night. Sorry if I offended you. Matthew Boyd replied by saying words along the lines of, You don't know how dangerous I am. And with that, Matthew Boyd punched Taylor with real force. Such force in fact that both his feet left the ground and he went flying through closed doors. Luckily, another person from the reception was in the area and saw that after the punch, Matthew Boyd wanted more. He was going out through the doors where Taylor lay with one fist clenched, pulled back, about to hit Taylor again. But fortunately, the other guest intervened and she managed to push him away. That should have been the end of the situation. But Matthew Boyd wasn't ready to leave the scene yet. His cousin Mark tried to calm him down. He could see he was in a bit of a state and played the peacemaker, telling Matthew to just leave it and to go home. But instead of taking this sensible advice, Matthew pushed over his cousin, leaving him sprawled on the floor. It was now a chaotic scene, you've seen it before, right, as people were attracted to the altercation going on. Emotions were running high, there were lots of raised voices, and a witness explained what happened next. I approached Matthew Boyd in an attempt to calm him down. He was pacing up and down the road and didn't seem to be very happy at all. Several people were getting involved. It was loud. It was total chaos. There was an awful lot of goading going on. I heard someone say, why don't you pick on a real man? But I don't know who it was. Matthew Boyd brushed past me and started to follow Richard Stroud, who was walking towards the club with a woman. Matthew Boyd pushed Richard by the shoulder, so he span round on the spot. Then he hit him square in the face. Richard's feet left the ground and he fell down like a sack of potatoes. There was a loud crack 
as his head hit the pavement and he was then quite limp on the ground. I went to assist the person who'd fallen down on the ground, which turned out to be Richard Stroud. But this wasn't the end of the violence. Let's listen to the evidence of another witness at the scene about what happened next. This man was Stephen Murray. He was the best man at the wedding. This is what he had to say. It was one of the best weddings I'd ever been to before this happened. I'd had quite a bit to drink, about 10 or 12 pints of Foster's. I saw the bride and groom and went back to the club and onto the dance floor. I saw Taylor Josie running into the club with blood running down his face. As I was the best man, I wanted to find out what had happened. So I went outside and I saw someone lying on the floor which turned out to be Richard Stroud. I saw Matthew Boyd angry and upset. I approached him and we had an altercation. But this was a much more serious incident than the word altercation suggests. It wasn't just some drunk pushing and shoving. Stephen Murray was in hospital for five days after being punched by Matthew Boyd. He suffered a broken cheekbone to the left side of his face, he lost several teeth and had a lump to the back of his head. This was a nasty attack. But the ambulance that arrived wasn't called for Stephen Murray. It had been called for 46-year-old Richard Stroud. Since he'd been hit by Matthew Boyd, he was still on the floor and unconscious. Paramedics arrived at the scene at 10.29pm. Richard Stroud's heart had stopped, but the paramedics managed to regain his pulse. He was taken to St George's Hospital in nearby Tooting, but was pronounced dead at 5am the next day, January the 4th. The cause of death was head injuries, sustained in the violent attack, the one punch from Matthew Boyd. There were so many tributes paid to Richard following his shocking death. His family described him as a West Ham football fan with a wicked sense of humour who loved a joke and his music. He was a good guy, they said. A spokesman from Space Air in Guildford, a local air conditioning company, where he'd worked as a driver for 15 years, said, Richard was a popular and loyal employee who got on very well with his colleagues. We were all shocked and saddened by this tragic loss. He'll be greatly missed and our thoughts are with his family and his friends at this tragic time. Another work colleague said of him, Richard was a hard-working law member of staff, always ready to help out anyone, will really miss him. Meanwhile, after the orgy of violence he had created, Matthew Boyd had run away from the scene, but he was soon apprehended by the police and put under arrest. Whilst he was waiting for transport to the police station, he said, They started it. They were giving it to me but he would have his chance to put his side of the story, stressing his innocence, in front of a jury at Guildford Crown Court. At the eight-week-long trial, Boyd pleaded not guilty to the murder of Richard Stroud and also denied the alternative count of the manslaughter of Richard Stroud. He also pleaded not guilty to two separate counts of causing grievous bodily harm with intent against wedding guests Taylor Josie and Stephen Murray, plus counts of grievous bodily harm in respect of the two men, along with a single count of assault by beating against his cousin, Mark Boyd. There was a hush and sense of expectation as Matthew Boyd took to the stand to give his evidence. He told how the incident with Taylor Josie happened because he was wound up from a previous incident 
but he said the witness reports of Taylor flying out of the doors with his feet off the floor were absolute nonsense. Instead, he suggested that Taylor may just have lost his footing. He said, I went up to him and grabbed him and started to push him towards the door. The doors were closed at the time, so I pushed him out of the doors still holding to him. I had one arm on his face and one on his chest. This was all done at walking speed. I had held onto him until we got to the steps, then I let him go, and he fell down backwards and landed on his bum. Boyd then told of being surrounded by a group of other wedding guests in the road outside the club. He said that up to 20 people surrounded him. They were all around him and antagonising him by calling him names and also insulting his girlfriend. They were pulling at me and shouting in my face. I felt a handbag hit me. They were saying, you're a bastard, you're scum, you're not welcome here. I did try to move away, but they were circling me. He said he was shouting back in response to these taunts. And then he saw Richard Stroud circle the group and work towards him. I turned to my right to see Richard walking round backwards towards the club. He looked at me, I looked at him, and we both started walking towards each other. Richard is a big person and he was looking pissed off. It looked like he was getting ready to punch me and it was intimidating and threatening. We got face to face and he swung a punch but missed because I moved out of the way. Then I punched him because I was thinking if he comes back, he's going to try to do it again. So I hit him in the face. Boyd said he did not see where the punch landed or what happened to Richard afterwards as he walked away down the road with a mate of his. He said he was then chased by Stephen Murray, another alleged GBH victim, who chased him down the road and hit him with an umbrella. He just swung the umbrella at me, a big golf umbrella. Then I hit him in the side of the head. I carried on trying to call my girlfriend. I wanted to see her before I was arrested. The prosecutor for the defence, Philip Bennett, quizzed Boyd on how much force he thought he'd use with the punches and whether he'd put his full weight behind them. You were spoken down to, and you said you didn't like being talked down to. You lost it, didn't you? And the only thing on your mind that night was violence. You were ready for a fight. A blow to a man from behind could not have been in self-defence. But Boyd wasn't having any of this, and said the angle of the punch was due to how Richard Stroud had twisted from the punch he had swung. It was my first wedding. I'd had a few drinks, but only because of that I got wound up. I was not thinking about being violent. I'm not Superman. I can't punch people and lift them off the floor. After hearing all the evidence, the jury retired and then returned to the court with a verdict. Boyd was found not guilty of a murder charge, but was convicted of manslaughter. Boyd was also found guilty of an altered charge of actual bodily harm on another wedding guest, Taylor Josie. For these crimes, he was sent to prison for 10 years. There was audible sobbing from the packed public gallery as the judge turned to speak directly to Boyd, telling him, On January the 3rd, not long after the bride and groom left, you were not able to fit into a people carrier taxi, which had arrived and took away your partner, son and others. It was said before the jury that you were cross because of that. At that point, Taylor Josie approached you and you took offence to what he said and the way he said it, so you grabbed hold of him. You thumped him in the face above the eye. 
He then went flying through the doors from a push or a punch and he suffered a fractured eye socket. That violence by you naturally upset people and it made them angry. There was much shouting and abuse directed at you and for some perfectly good reasons. You did not rush away or make off, which you could have done given the size of you. Then the tragedy took place. The judge said that this incident tragically showed what the effects of drinking to an excess can lead to. It was revealed that Boyd, who worked in the construction industry, was previously convicted of actual bodily harm eight years previously. On this occasion, he punched another man who fortunately survived, but the single blow broke his jaw in two places. Again, just a single punch. The judge carried on. You did not intend to kill Richard Stroud, but you knew what a punch, a single punch from you could do because of the conviction in 2007. Yet you hit out and powerfully, and the consequence was that he fell backwards and there was a crack of his head on the pavement for those who heard it. Speaking after the trial, the leading police person from Surrey Police said, Boyd is clearly a violent individual, and I hope the sentence passed to him today will give him time to reflect on the impact he has caused to those close to Mr Stroud. I wonder if he does. I somehow suspect not, don't you? You know, when I've been researching this story, I've been so shocked by the number of single punch attacks leading to death. Another case that really struck me is the killing of Jack Mitchell. He was a 24-year-old signaller with 32 Regiment Royal Artillery on a month's leave of the army after spending six months in Kenya. He was back in his local town of Stroud in Gloucestershire and on a night out with friends when he lost his life. He spent the afternoon watching the Six Nations rugby with friends at Stroud Rugby Club before joining his dad, uncle and some of his mates for drinks at a number of pubs. Jack and his four friends left the Lord John pub and headed to the warehouse nightclub just up the road at about 11.15pm. The warehouse is the sort of place where you, me, so many of us have ended up to round off the evening to keep the party going and just have some fun with your friends, nothing too serious. Less than an hour later, Jake Davis, a 29-year-old father of one who'd been drinking in some of the same pubs as Jack earlier that evening, though they didn't know each other. He also entered the club with two friends. Jack and his mate was dancing, nothing too serious, just with some exaggerated moves and Jack bumped into Jake Davis. It was nothing major. Look, I remember one time, I went flying into the band at a nightclub. Now that was a tricky one. But on this occasion, Jake saw himself as a bit of a big man and he told Jack to watch the fuck what you're doing. There was a brief standoff before the bouncer separated the men and Jack headed off to the bar until a couple of minutes later when the incident seemed to have diffused and he was back on the dance floor. But Jake Davis approached him and threw a punch. Jake had done a lot of boxing and is a decent sized unit. Jack didn't have the chance to break his fall and the force of the punch severed an artery. Terrifyingly for his friends, Jack was on the floor, frothing at the mouth as he suffered a bleed on the brain from a half centimetre hemorrhage. As Jack lay dying on the floor of the nightclub, Jake Davis just stood over Jack 
before turning and walking away. Paramedics arrived, but just before 3am, the doctor and other medical professionals took the decision not to continue CPR, and at 3.06am Jack was declared dead. Davis was arrested and pleaded not guilty to manslaughter, meaning that Jack's family and friends had to go through the ordeal of a trial. Davis continued to say during this trial he'd acted in self-defence and thought he was going to be attacked. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Even though Jack had his hands by his side and what appeared to be a drink in his hand at the time the punch was thrown. Jake also said alcohol wasn't an influence. He'd only had about four drinks, and those his nights started at 6pm. That seems highly unlikely. Jake Davis was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to six and a half years in prison depriving his son of his father during these key early years. And of course, this sentence did nothing to help Jack's heartbroken family and friends. So what do you make of what we've heard today? If nothing else, I think, we all need to get the message across that a single punch can and will kill more often than we think. That one moment of aggression can destroy so many lives. The person throwing the punch, their families. And what about all the witnesses who saw the events we've discussed today? How will what they've seen affect them? And of course, although we take it for granted, the police and the paramedics who see so many sights that nobody should ever have to deal with. But most of all, our thoughts with those who have pointlessly lost their lives and their hopes and dreams for the future. Jack on a dance floor at a dodgy nightclub and Richard on a pavement outside a social club in Guildford at the end of nights that were supposed to be fun. All they were both doing was having a good time with friends when they had the misfortune to come into contact with an aggressive man unable to handle the amount of alcohol they'd drunk and also unable to manage their anger. And for that, they lost their lives. It just doesn't seem fair at all, does it? Thank you so much for taking the time to join me for this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To discuss these cases or any other aspect of UK True Crime, please join over 85,000 of us at the Facebook group. But please don't be like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, Joker this week, (laughs) who privately messaged lots of members asking them to join his new serial killer group. Luckily, he is the exception. Most of our group members are amazing, it's great content, and we have some really, really interesting chats. And of course, to support the show and get access to over 50 bonus episodes and other exclusive content, please just head over to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. Okay, so it's that time again when I have to leave you, but don't worry, like backache, I'll return next week. So until then, please do take it easy. And despite all the others, stay classy. Cheerio for now.